Hello, I'm Pauline Eyre. And I'm Louisa Lee. This is Airly Doors and we are... Opening Doors to Other Dimensions. Here's how it works. We feed information about our guest into our space-time generator, the Dimension Matrix, or Dominatrix for short, and she creates a whole bunch of portals or doors into other dimensions. And then we let our guest peer through the doors into alternative realities. Will they be living out their wildest dreams, trapped in their childhood nightmares? Or some weird bastard mixture of the two. But Louise, who is our lovely guest today? It's Britain's only female Orthodox Jewish professional comedian, actor, writer, director, podcast host, and all-round mensch, a woman who knows her comedy canadler from her canelbo. It's Rachel Krieger! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much! Um, Louise, with your Scottish roots, I'm amazed that you didn't say canadler with a proper ch at the end. Oh. I didn't know I had a ch at the end. Oh, yeah, full-on phlegmy. Oh, do you know, when my husband and I were trying to name one of our children we did settle that perhaps we might just call one of them because <laughs> we both share yeah <laughs> i love it well canada scottish... is, is a popular yeah. name it is. <laughs> where the scottish meets the jewish is <laughs> <laughs> yes. who knew and others dairy but yes um, anyway hello rachel thank you so much hello. for grace lovely to be it is lovely to have you. This is especially lovely for me because I've got my two very favourite people in comedy in the same room. Oh, and Louise. Um, but it should... <laughs> Such a cow. She's so mean to me all the time, I am, Rachel. I am, because it's so much fun. But it should also be a worrying moment for you, Rachel, because we've spent a lot of time sharing our innermost thoughts and dreams together mm -hmm. and even longer gossiping. I know all the dirt, so... That is true. Well, this is going to make it very exciting for the <laughs> two of you. Slightly disturbing for me and also a podcast I will never share with my mum. So, yeah. <laughs> glad we've got that sorted. Yeah, Louise tries to share it with her mum, but she won't listen. No, she won't <laughs> She doesn't like to. What if it was awful, is what I think she thinks. Um, but talking of dirt, avid listeners will remember that we had your podcast partner, Philip Simon, on the last series of Early Doors. Mm -hmm. And your podcast is, of course, the smash hit comedy caper, it says here, Jew talking to me. Uh, so I'm not Jew talking to, to me, Louise. Jew talking to me. I know, but I, yeah, you're right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Jew talking to me. I'm trying, I'm not trying to stir anything here. Right. Um, but Philip, when he came on, was quick to dump you as a co-host and replace you with Rachel Riley. How like I know that is that his. Way? I know that is his fantasy co-host. That's not news. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I've never actually sent the email inviting her on our show. Ah, <laughs> she must be the only Jewish person in television who hasn't been on your show. Yeah, literally, she's she's the last one, and sooner or later he'll see it in the outbox. Not sent. <laughs> And then what will we do? <laughs> he we should get her on here first and really piss him off. <laughs> oh, She'd be great. Oh, oh, I forward the email straight to you. Yeah. <laughs> it says, please bring all your questions about Knaidler. But uh, uh -huh. that'd be fine. Excellent. <laughs> How many questions can you have about Knaidler? Anyway, a million. Amelia, do you want me to start? How fluffy are they? How dense are they? How did your bubba make them? How did your Zayda make them? Honestly, like, are you Safadi? Are you Ashkenazi? If you're Safadi, have you eaten Canadla? What do you think of them? Are they too dumplingy? There's so many. Oh, um, wow. I wanted to just ask about the bubba and what's the other one? Your Zayda. Zayda. Is yeah. that different names for your paternal 
grandmother and your maternal grandmother or oh that's really good that's very scandinavian um no it's uh grandma and grandpa bubba is your grandma Sadra's a grandpa. Ah, yes. No, you're thinking of the, it's the Danish thing, isn't it? Where you have mum, mum and pop, pop. Yeah. Yeah. And Swedish is far more and more and more. This is a very educational podcast. I didn't actually just speak Danish. I was, I was badly interpreting that into English because, because Sophie (laughs) Hagen did our, um, uh, you know, did that stuff about it in her show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was speaking from Swedish. My I brother just, I've, ne- I've heard Bubba so lot, but I've never heard Zayda. Mm-hmm. Because my husband is Ashkenazi slash Safadi, so it's all, right. you know, so, yeah. Yeah. When I was growing up, um, my parents became religious and I used to go off to these very religious uh, sort of weekend trips for teenagers, which were full of guilt tripping. And mm-hmm. um, one of the big things, I'll, I'll send you a link, but there's a song called Zaydi which is like a more Yiddishy way of saying Zayda, um, all about um, a family who sort of leave the religious aspects of their faith and how it presses their Zaydi and then he dies. And oh, that nice. song used to be like a regular uh, regular Saturday night with the guitars out. You know, it's all about how my Zaydi lived in our house and then, you know, we stopped doing things and I went away to camp. When I came back, he was dead. That's oh, no. oh, my God, yeah. that's so cheery. Oh, so wow. Catholics have missed a trip with that bit of girl. Yeah, yeah. They, have they could totally lay some of that shizzle on them. Anyway, so, Rachel, <laughs> lots of things that come out of the dominatrix are made from ingredients that come from your own life. But before we set her off, we've got one more person we need to put into the machine. Tell us about your secondary school head teacher. Oh, my secondary school head teacher. Um, Her name was Madame Wolf. How amazing is that? Like, I couldn't have created a better name for her. Brilliant. Amazing. Picturing Cruella already. (laughs) Weirdly, I've got, there's obviously a WhatsApp group of people who are in my year at my school. And there are a few people who said she was like the best teacher, the best head teacher that they'd ever had. And I don't understand this. She was a very strange woman. And one of the things she used to do was creep up behind me. And I will say, in fairness, I was a bad girl. Like I was a truant. <laughs> I was very rebellious. I was very cheeky. Um, all the perfect ingredients for stand-up comedy. Yes. And yep. uh, she used to creep up behind me and say, uh, you are such a bohemian. Like, as if that was an insult. She had a French accent. I can't really do accents, but she used to call me a bohemian quite regularly, as if that's, like, an insult. She used to say things like, do up your laces. This is not a ski slope. I didn't know that was a thing. (laughs) And um, Does nobody do their laces? I mean, if you need to do your laces up somewhere, it would be a ski slope, surely. It's very important. Your feet. Yeah, Yeah, I never really understood that. And then she would also come up behind you and say, you may not know this, but I'm following you, like she was in Hello, Hello. Um, But she couldn't follow me. (laughs) Very often, because I mainly wasn't there. And <laughs> I mean, I may point... wonder yeah, if this well, creepy exactly. woman was yes, which came about... first, horrible head or Rachel Truanting? I think. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I take it all on myself. But uh, she did once call me into her office. Like her biggest issue with me, I think, was that one of my best friends, who at the time I used to truant all the time with, pretty much, um, mm. her family were big donors to the school. And they knew they couldn't get her into trouble. Oh, rather, they couldn't get me into trouble without getting her into trouble. And if they got her into trouble, her parents might, like, remove her from that school and send her somewhere where maybe people paid a little bit more attention to whether she was present or not. So um, she called me into her office once and she said, you know, if you weren't such close friends with so-and-so and and always in trouble with so-and-so, you'd be out of this school. And I said, 
well, you can't touch me then. And I turned on my heel and left and didn't come back for about three days. So, oh my yeah, goodness. it wasn't, it wasn't, a, I mean, now that sounds like a cool story, but actually, you know, we're all mums. It's not really, it's actually, no, actually terrible. You know what? If you've got, if you've got one of the major donors to the school who is truanting, why not go, maybe we need to meet this child's needs. There's something not, maybe yeah. we need to pay Or even something that little back. Essex girl who's truanting, like you could yeah. meet her needs if you wanted. Yeah, but yeah. No, they didn't, yeah. they didn't try that option but yeah she was it wasn't um, the way they did mean. things then in those days no mm. definitely yeah. not definitely not and, right well let's um, let's yeah. let's get her in the dominatrix and see yeah. whether she comes back later she's uh she was a very interesting character when she would give an assembly she'd somehow do it so meanly <laughs> like i don't know like but i sort of found that entertaining in a disney <laughs> villain kind of way it never really bothered <laughs> me but her expectations of me were incredibly low, and I like to feel that I have met them. Let's <laughs> <laughs> check her in then. In you go, Let's Madame. Put her in the Wolf. machine. Isn't that a salad spinner? Now, before we look through the first door, just to explain the game, the good news is we're going to use the power of the dominatrix to allow you to walk through one of the doors and live the life you see on the other side. But the bad news is you have to make the decision before you know what all the options are. So if you see something you like, it's choose it or lose it. Okay. Okay. Great. Ready? Here we go. Pen, I've got paper. I'm thinking. I'm ready. <laughs> you don't need the pen and paper, but yes, go for no. it anyway. <laughs> Listen, if you I just... had a pen and paper at school ever, then I probably would go. have got some qualifications. <laughs> Door number one. So, Rachel Krieger, you wake up in the morning and you are in the Big Brother house. Series one. There's Craig the Builder, there's Anna the ex-nun, there's Nasty Nick and Sada from my NCT group. And here's <laughs> Rachel. Sound like fun? Yes. Big, big brother fan until the last few series where it went a bit ropey. I think when they started putting in people just for the fights, it became a bit ropey. But the first three series of Big Brother, I was totally addicted. In fact, my niece used to say, can we just what, eat our dinner while we watch the other people eating their dinner? Um, <laughs> my sister had the live stream on the whole time. I had it on maybe like 98% of the time. But it was yeah, sort of fascinating. We watched them. Some, do you remember we watched them sunbathing and they would put oil? I'd never seen this yes. before. They'd put kitchen oil on their skin to fry themselves. Yeah, absolutely. The I couldn't do that because frazzles aren't kosher. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. um, it was incredible. Are and they I not? Because they're vegan. Are they vegan? They're right. basically the flavor. Yeah. Interesting. Worth coming on just for that. Actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Life changing. <laughs> um, yeah, but I thought it was really amazing watching them do all the tasks. And also because I grew up in a youth movement, not in it like a cult. I mean, I went to a youth movement yeah. where we would do a lot of those sort of games and activities at camp. Yes. Not the oil sunbathing, but everything, everything else. All the yeah. little challenges <laughs> when they had to like pile up sugar cubes and all that yeah. malarkey. And I thought to myself, I could totally be in the Big Brother house because I've done all this going off to camp. Um, I did a gap year with living in a 
room with another however many show-offs um, for however long. And uh, yeah, I figured I did quite well. The only downside would be when we did a shopping task and they realised that my kosher food cost like eight times as much as their yeah. ordinary food. You know, mm. like my bit of chicken was like a thousand pounds and their bit of chicken was <laughs> one pound. Then they might be like, mm. and then also there'd always be these announcements on a Saturday saying, I can't do accents as I've already made very clear, but you know, like Rachel cannot participate in this. I can't do it. So Rachel cannot participate oh, in this yes. task for Sabbath reasons or for religious yeah. reasons. It would get on. I think I'd be voted out very quickly for that. But I reckon I could have coped with the house well, and I could have done the tasks not on Sabbath yeah. very well. Yeah, cool. But you'd have been voted out before Sada from my NCT group, who was uh, famously the first, the first person out. ever voted ever voted out. Of yeah. Okay. How exciting. You know someone famous. Oh, no, we know someone famous. We know Rachel Greer. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> We're all as famous I, as each other in this yeah, space. Exactly. It's a safe space. <laughs> so uh, in this scenario, you're called to the diary room where you're greeted mm-hmm. by a familiar face. There's a new housemate entering the house. But who is it? Oh, it's Adam Ant. <gasps> Oh, she might choose number What's one. What's Adam Ant to you? <laughs> End of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, oh, well, wow. as a teenager, I was quite a new romantic lover, even though I do now look like an 80s rocker. And um, I went through a phase of being in love with Adam Ant, which I think mm-hmm. is a normal thing that all girls yeah. go through. And mm-hmm. I saved up for ages to buy a full-size, like a life-size poster of him that was advertised on the back of Just 17, which, by the way, was a magazine I was not allowed to have at home. Oh, but my wow. best friend, Emma, was allowed to have it, and she lived near me, so um, she used to let me read it at her house afterwards. Yeah. And then I got the tokens from Just 17 and sent off. I think I had to get a postal order. I don't even know if those things yeah, still exist. Yeah, you wow. did have to get Yeah, you will have had so to get a postal weird. order. Unless you get your parents to write a check, yeah, yeah, you either have to get your parents to write a check or postal order, check or postal order. Well, they wouldn't have written a check for this kind of uh, waste. (laughs) Um, But anyway, I saved up. I saved up my tokens. I got my postal order sent off for this thing, and I thought I was allowed to put up posters in my room and everything, like bands posters. So I thought I'll get this big adamant. My plan was back of the door, bedroom door, you know, full size poster. And there were a various, um, there were like six random posters you got whichever one they sent you. And you could only see in the picture, like the top halves of, or the top bits of the poster. I didn't really care because it had his face on. And uh, when it arrived, I took it up to my room. This thing arrived. I was waiting for the postman, got it, ran up, opened it up, opened up the tube, unfolded it. And it was indeed a life-size poster of Adamant. Um, more or less not wearing anything. Like it's <sighs> some kind of cat suit all open and peeled down with his hands gently cupping his <laughs> nether regions, um, making like a sexy face. And I was like, oh. oh, God, like, you know, that's not a thing I could put up behind my bedroom door. And oh what I did God. in the end um, was I put it in my bedroom cupboard behind <laughs> the clothes, like in the hanging bit behind <gasps> the clothes. So I could like peer at it when I wanted, but wasn't going to be spotted by the mother. But after an amount of time, I found that actually really creepy having a face in my cupboard. Yeah, yeah. So, but also, um, how dodgy is away. how dodgy is that? Just seventeen. It's okay. Yeah. These girls are over the age of consent, so we'll send them something quite so sexual. 
Oh, come on. Do you not remember being 14 and reading Just 17, which is no. a busy market? We, I read Jackie. It was all very, very clear. Oh, Jackie, that had the little um, photo strips, didn't yes, it? Yes, Dick, Kathy, and Claire. We, they hadn't invented sex when I was a teenager. It was fine. Oh, well, you have, they hadn't invented sex, but they had invented the feelings, as I recall correctly. <laughs> <laughs> feelings, trademark. <laughs> Capital, yeah. capital T, capital F. I'm madly googling to see if I can find the picture of him. Uh, in in, in, in what a, have in, you put into Google? Have you put Adam Ant gently Ant cupping his netherly <laughs> cupping? Yes, that's exactly what I put in. <laughs> oh, it was quite something that poster. If I can find it, I'll send it to you because oh, yeah, um, do, I don't live in my home anymore. No, yeah, go around to mum's house, take a picture in the back of the wardrobe. Uh, well, actually, I have to say, I forgot about that for a very long time, and then they moved away, they um sold the house and to buy a little flat. And we were all supposed to come and collect our belongings. And I had like sudden paranoia about, you know, has she been going around clearing the house? The poster wasn't there. And I don't remember ever getting rid of it. So either she found it and got rid of it, or I did and I don't remember, or she's kept it somewhere. <laughs> In her own wardrobe. <laughs> Maybe next time I go around to their flat, I should look behind the clothes in her cupboard and see what's there. I love the idea, though, of, of sort of sitting in your wardrobe, gazing on the loveliness of Adamant. Yeah. You know, that's. Well, it was that's that or nice. Narnia, wasn't Narnia, it? Narnia, right? I mean, my, better than Narnia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mr. Tumnus, Adamant. Okay, wow. so it's very, very. Hey, listen, early. listen. I don't, I don't need you to worry about this, though, Rachel, because ridicule is nothing to be scared of. Carry Thank on. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. How charming. Don't you ever? <laughs> don't you ever? Don't you ever? Don't do you that ever? Again. <laughs> um, now all I want to say is diddly quacqua. So uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, oh, we are of a certain age. Middle-aged woman. I love how meaningless this conversation is to you. Um, but um. So he did make lip gloss look just I mean, I'm just honestly, he's just he was gorgeous. But by 2000, was that not when you know, when when Big Brother came out in about 2000, Mm. would that not be when he would be? Does it matter though, Louise? Because this is Rachel's this is Rachel's scenario, so it could be 1981 Adamant, right? Also, in 2000, I've been married for a long time, so. Yeah, um, so it doesn't matter. You're, it's it's nothing your, okay. your fantasy. Your... No, but, but, but yeah, but in this universe, you're not, I suppose. That's the thing, isn't it? Because you're in Big Brother. So yeah. um, tell me, I... are, you, are you minded to choose this scenario is what I'm wondering. Do you know what? I am super tempted because I think Top Bounce with the Ant-Man in Big Brother, <laughs> that could Top be... Ants. <laughs> Thanks, Pauline, explaining the joke. And um, I think sometimes. that would be probably really fun. Good ratings, I imagine. Mm-hmm. But because of my sort of religious anxiety about not lasting long enough in the house to kind of just take advantage of it, and also I don't know if he'd have looked the same in that tracksuit, even if whatever cat suit, even if he'd brought it with in his tiny oh. little suitcase. Mm, um, yeah. And I wouldn't want to risk the temptation. It would be awful if you if you were thrown out even before Sada and yeah. he stayed in and you're like, I could have got to know you really well. I know, exactly. Yeah. And he was part of the whole finding out about Nick and then he yeah. gave half of his earnings from subsequent interviews to um, what's his name's friends, you know, like all that. Yeah, there's so many things. You've there's made so references things. that Pauline and I don't understand. Um, 
Yeah, Craig gave gave all his winnings to his friends. He did. Who needed heart surgery. He had friends with Down syndrome. With Down syndrome, yeah. And he gave all the money for her heart operation, if I remember correctly. And what was lovely, as, but what was really lovely about that was, as I recall, I might be wrong, I don't think we knew about it until after. No. Because in those days, you didn't do it to win, you just did it because you were a nice guy. Yeah. yeah, no, he did it for the. I mean, they yeah. all were in there for the. No one knew what it was going to be. When you read the interviews with them, yeah. they thought they were going to, and then no one would watch it. And then a week later, they'd all be home. But yeah. Um, yeah, look how it all turns out. But I think under the circumstances of the very high risk of being chucked out of Big Brother, as soon as I said, "Can you possibly buy me a bag of crisps?" But they need to be kosher, <laughs> and they were like. Ugh. And you can't do the task where you get electrocuted in the jumpsuits. No, so um, <laughs> I think I'm going to close that door, sadly, okay. but with right. despair and regret. Just waving at Adam. Bye, Bye Adam. Adam. I'm a bit sad. Don't worry, Louise. We'll edit that bit out. I know. It's fine. <laughs> um, Every time. Uh, Let's try <laughs> the next one. Door number two. Ah, well, now, behind door number two is an episode of Jude Talking to Me with your dream guest, Oscar Emmy BAFTA winner, Taika Waititi. Tell us why Taika Waititi is your dream guest. And tell us who he is. Some people might not know who he is. You've just literally explained who he is. So, yes. uh, yes. (laughs) True. (laughs) An amazing actor, writer, director, Taika Waititi, whose real surname is Cohen. Cohen, He is a Jew. Mm -hmm. And he's my my aspirational guest because I am a big fan of his work and I find him hilarious and very interesting. And also, I think because so many people don't know he's Jewish, it would be like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I have to look it up. I, had to, I was like, Taika Waititi, come on. And yeah. then it goes, Taika Cohen. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. But actually, uh, Waititi is his father's name and Cohen yeah. is his mother's name. So he was yeah. known by Cohen for a while. But and then he Waititi took on his dad's name. Um, right. Yeah. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That, he still qualifies for our show. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the female line, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Or male if you're progressive Jew. But either way, we're happy to have him, whatever, even if he's got like a Jewish great, 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 great either from history. (laughs) That's that (laughs) fine for our little podcast. Um, And yeah, I just think I love how his brain works. Um, I've never seen a thing that he's done that I haven't thought was completely brilliant. And particularly what we do in the shadows, I think, is the best thing that I've seen in absolutely years, years, years. And I sobbed with laughter for um, the entire duration of that film. And I just thought, yeah, let's get him on. He'd be very, I think he'd be very entertaining and very, have very different. story and perspective than a lot of our other guests not to knock them they've all been wonderful and i imagine it wouldn't be terrible for publicity either (laughs) but but this is so this is a a really positive scenario it looks like this might be tempting as well to get your dream guest well it's a very simple setup this one bit of revenge you've dumped philip simon as co-host and you're presenting this sorry is this a fantasy thing or this (laughs) sorry this yeah, Pauline, Pauline, Pauline. What? There's, that's twice you've written scenarios where people have dumped their co-host. Uh, yeah. <laughs> are you? you know. Are you reading my mind? <laughs> I was just thinking that the Air Krieger doors has a lovely ring about it. creaky, creaky. <laughs> I don't know. Creaky. 
just saying it could happen so you've dumped philip as co-host because okay. because why shouldn't you because he dumped you for rachel riley and now you're presenting this episode with oh it's madame wolf oh. your secondary school head <laughs> i quite like this idea <laughs> oh i mean oh dear no i mean i mean in a way yes though right. because it's still taika waititi right? it's still taika waititi and also because i feel first of all she is now no longer with us so i think he's quite enjoying having a ghost <laughs> um, as my co-host it's yeah. very on brand for him um yeah. my co-host <laughs> my coco is very good um i think it would be quite interesting to see what she made of him if she couldn't cope with me yeah uh, right so yes that could be yeah. really fun but i'm not really sure i ever want to spend another second in her <laughs> presence much as she's given me many stories that i can use for the future of my life and comedy mm. career um yeah i don't think that i could be on stream yards with madam wolf <laughs> <laughs> and just feel her beady eyes watching me yeah. and knowing that i was all wrong but i know that she's yeah. all wrong i think it would ruin my enjoyment of having taiko and actually philip is quite a good co-host if i'm being oh. brutally honest so <laughs> she'd, she'd be able to say things like i'm beside you <laughs> yes well, i'm sure on the next be... screen <laughs> yeah. yeah thank god this didn't exist in those days you know, I always used to picture turning up at my school, like years later, like um, Sandy in Greece. You know, the end of Greece where she's yeah. changed herself for the boy. Yeah. And the yeah. great lesson we were all taught. And she's <laughs> in her like um, sprayed on leather jeggings and a little crop top and a cigarette and a red lipstick and everything. And she drops it and she goes, tell me about it. Stuff. Like I always had imagined walking into the school hall and doing something like that. But yeah. I realised that is genuinely what, where they thought I was going to end up. So <laughs> I decided the best revenge is to just be me. Um, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. With Taika Waititi, she um, might get you some good donors though for the for the podcast. She could get you some good sponsors because she clearly knew how to get parents paying. Yeah, in a very immoral way. Um, <laughs> no, I think um, I want him to come on the show in our own right, and not because um, an old lady has frightened him. So, <laughs> yeah, this scenario not for me. Okay, wow. let's move on. I love how decisive you're being. It's good, yes. isn't it? Yeah. I am a very decisive person, except for if it comes to choosing what to eat anywhere or drink <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> what do that drawn with me? What shall I have to drink? There's literally two options I can have. I don't know. You decide. You choose first. I'll yes. I'm very, very difficult. Like I, that, time else, we, that time we went for dinner in Edinburgh and it's like, we've really got 20 minutes to eat this yes. meal. We have to choose now. Chips. We'll have no. chips. <laughs> yeah, we did have chips. And I was like, what comes in that salad? Can we have the chips to take away? I believe was the expression. I think we had to because we were we were running to Josie Long's show, as I recall. It was very Happy good. Days. Anyway, okay, let's do let's the next see one. what decision is next. Door number three. So, Rachel, tell us about being a dental nurse. Oh, I was a dental nurse for just under a year. Because, uh, long story short, 
failed my exams, went on a gap year, applied for university in Israel because you could do a different kind of exam to get in there and um, came back to work for a year to earn money to go back to Israel. But instead, got engaged, got married, went to live in Minsk in Belarus. Now you've got the whole oh, wow. scenario. Oh, my so, God. Okay. Um, that's like, that's my bio. And um, in between, I was, my dad's a dentist and they were looking for a junior like trainee dental nurse in his practice. So, um, and I think they were at that point desperate. So <laughs> I became that person and I wasn't ideal candidate um, for a number of reasons. Like I was capable of the job, but I can't shut up as you both know quite well. And also um, I'm, clearly got undiagnosed ADHD and um, I'd be very distracted by all kinds of things, what was going on, what the dentist was doing, like different things about the patients, whatever was on the radio. If there, if a kind of competition or quiz ever came on the radio while we were treating someone, I mean, it must have been like hell for them because I'd be like guessing, I'd be trying to get encouraged them to join in. So what I was was like, I suppose, a red what's, coat. What's the answer to this one? Ah, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> it's a lot like that. I was also, basically like oh a Butlin's I... red coat in a, yeah. in a white nurse's a, uniform. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but also like imagine being the patients and being like, can I please not? I have the one that's on at the same time as Popmaster. How people started to schedule their appointments. Yeah. But I mean, I was very caring and everything, you know. Yeah. And there were a lot of like really gross moments. There was um if I started to look actually on the notes if it said it was an older person with dentures, because mm. they would have a habit of just handing you their dentures as they came Oy. into the actual room, into your hat. Like I'd have my hand up, so like, come in. And they'd put their denture with whatever <laughs> oh, they'd eaten. It was gross, like a tip. And I so I used to stand by the door. I used to look at the notes as if that person had dentures. I stand by the door with like a tray thing in my hand. So yeah. things, yeah, it was a very that weird. Was, that was the sensible workaround. Yeah, wow. I think so. Yeah. And and what was the dentist like? I worked with like really sort of nice, jokey, lovely dentists. And then one who was, you know, I'm not saying anything horrible about them. It's just a personality thing. But um, they were very kind. They were sort of a bit, uh, let me think how I could describe them. Um, they felt like the dentists were the kings of the jungle or queens of the jungle. And um, that everybody else was below them. So Ooh. I was invisible when there was somebody else in the room to this particular dentist because the person had come to see them, which I don't know. I think some people eventually probably mm. came to see me just for the bants and the rolls. <laughs> but the um, yeah, this particular dentist. And we had one really awkward situation because um, they'd been off um, on quite a long period of leave. And in between, that's when I'd been with all the fun dentists and I thought that was what it was going to be like. And then they came back and I think they were like a bit... Now I'm older and I imagine it was just difficult transition, etc. Mm -hmm. However, at the time, I just felt they were sort of a bit arrogant and a bit difficult and a bit awkward. And they'd kind of forgotten lots of stuff about the patients. And one of the things they'd managed to forget was that we had patients who were an elderly couple um, whose, um, whose child had been murdered, right? Which is quite mm -hmm. a major thing yeah, to yeah, forget. Yeah. And... Um, and I don't know how you forget it. I mean, that's a thing to remember yeah. about people. Yeah. And when they uh, came for their next appointment, the dentist or was chatting to them, how are you? They came for an appointment together, this couple. One of them's in the chair. One of them was sitting at the other end of the room. And the dentist said to them, so, you know, how are things? How's your son getting on? 
And I made like faces going, you know, stop, shut up. I'm doing like all kinds of actions here that you won't be able to hear on the podcast. But, you know, like with my face, I was grimacing to stop the conversation. And uh, they sort of looked at each other quite awkwardly and then said, no, I mean, you know, must be getting to university age. How would you son? And I'm still doing like, you know, cut cut your throat kind of actions. Appropriate yeah. and um, other things, and um, still being ignored because I'm invisible. Mm. And um, one of them said, "Well, come on, you you know what happened to our son?" And the dentist said, "Oh no, I, I don't remember. Um, did they oh. not do well in their exams?" And the oh. other one said, "Come on, come on, you do remember what happened to our son?" I'm literally by this time, I'm almost jumping up and down, doing semaphore with flags, like to say, "Please stop talking." <laughs> and they didn't. Anyway, this went on for a painfully long time until eventually um, the mum said, um, "Come on, uh, you obviously have forgotten that actually our son was murdered a few years ago while you were still in the practice. Like, they were murdered. And then she went, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, how embarrassing. I'm really, really sorry. And changed the conversation to something else. And then that was fine. Like, we sort of smoothed over the water. Mm-hmm. I brought a hot drink to the remaining parent with quite a lot of sugar in it. Not very dentisty, but it's quite appropriate <laughs> yeah. for the stress. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then at the end of the appointment, as this couple left, the dentist said to them, you know, they, they said to the dentist, you know, well, thank you very much. You know, have a lovely day. And the dentist replied, oh, no, thank you. And I hope they catch your son's killer. <laughs> oh, my God. That was quite something. Gosh. I hope they catch oh. his son's killer, like in a really sort of perky voice. Wow. Like, and, yeah, that was quite. I mean, I actually had to make an excuse to leave the room because I was just like discombobulated by the entire thing. But I think it was just inability to kind of cope with the scenario. But even so, I mean, just don't say anything really, or just say yeah. sorry again about before. See you in six weeks for that scaling yeah. polishing or whatever. It's so, it's one of those things that I'm like both absolutely like kind of disgusted by, but also I feel a huge sympathy for that dentist because I can imagine myself completely forgetting something major. It's just, just, right. it just going yeah. and, and then having no idea what the appropriate, like just being so mortified that, mm. that you completely forget yeah. how to behave and that right, and Lou, we know each other and you would not be ignoring a be ignoring um, five foot four blonde jew jumping up and down in front of yeah. you saying stop talking stop talking yeah. stop talking yeah yeah that's true but also that's but also true. you wouldn't be ignoring somebody's pain in that way no, no. I mean, even if even if you're yeah <clears throat> even if you're mortified in your own head going oh my god i wish i had stopped yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I, that's true. And I probably would have looked to my assistant for some help. And yes. got, and, and the assistant was the there, person. and there wasn't Ready. even a quiz on the radio or anything like. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah, fully yeah, yeah. Concentrating yeah, yeah. and everything. Proper. I yeah. had I had some. I'm not a scalpel, but I did have something to hand. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was quite an unbelievable, and it it shows how much it really bothered me that that's never made it into stand up. Like that's not a thing yeah. I could ever joke about because the idea that those um, patients, I don't know, they were quite old. I don't even know if they're still with us, but um, that I, they would ever hear me like joke about them in any way, be yeah. upset. I wouldn't do yeah, it. Yeah. Whereas I'm, I'm not so bothered about the dentist. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't yeah, make yeah. a joke about it. But yeah, it was it was quite dramatic. Okay. And so I, I would just can I just add that I did not know this story in full before I wrote this scenario, just in case we're thinking that who would be such a monster as to make light of this? Right. Yeah. But here's <laughs> that, I mean, that was one aspect of being a dental nurse. I mean, in fairness, that was a thing that happened in a half hour appointment one random afternoon. And the rest mm. of the time was mainly just me in my uniform, not handing things over because I was listening to the, there was a thing on Capital where you had to hear a sound and you had to guess what it was, guess the London sound, I think is what it was called. And on one occasion, no, on two occasions I did guess. And I remember now one was a post-it note being taken off and one was Ooh. a CD coming out of a case, but neither time did I win the money. So, because oh. you were at work, I was at work. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, no, I can't really. I'd have to go into reception and use that phone yes. in the middle of the appointment. Middle of the, like hang on, upon. hold this. Okay, you're back in the dental surgery. You're listening to what's the London sound. You've got madly distracted. Uh, your dentist says to you, "You know what, Raquel? They don't even get your name right. Mm -hmm. uh, I need you to work on your suction skills. So make up, make sure you suck everything up." properly with this next patient and you and having poor impulse control burst out into sort of snotty laughter uh, <laughs> snot out your nose uh, in a twin track uh, just as the next patient walks in and it oh it's Valerie Landsberg <gasps> That's exciting. Oh, yeah, I just want to say that your scenario was like so a thing that could happen. Really. I know. <laughs> Suction. Valerie <laughs> <laughs> oh, Landsberg from Fame walks in. Ah, oh, Doris oh. Schwartz. She was so lovely. I mean, she was my uh, dream future as a child. I oh, was a little musical theatre brat yes. and mm. and a Jew. And uh, mm. there she was, someone who wasn't like a skinny mini. And mm. who was funny and did musical theatre songs and leaped mm. around. And I was so obsessed with fame and not fame like being famous, yeah. fame the TV fame, show. The TV show, me too, me too, me too. Yeah. Oh my God. I had a fame sweatshirt. It was my favourite thing. <laughs> I would have one now. I would wear one now. I mean, yeah. I've got leggings on as we speak, not <laughs> leggings. What do you call it? Leg warmers. Leg warmers. <laughs> and wow. Yeah, she's yeah. a big, she is a, a big hero of mine. And then she came on due talking to me. And <gasps> um, I had to, I was like majorly fangirling. We had to have like a separate track of, of conversation open on WhatsApp between me and Philip and our producer Russell so that I could say stuff on there that I didn't want to come out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and was, I was she laughing? Oh my gorgeous. And now we're like we're friends on Facebook and everything. Oh and we have the occasional chat. And I did keep thinking, wow, I can't believe I can see into Valerie Landsberg's kitchen. That's what I get thinking the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what Doris Schwartz's kitchen looks like. Very exciting. But yeah, I think um if she came in, I saw that she's like a very loving and forgiving person actually mm. i think she'd be sort of quite understand so i didn't land on her because i think that's yeah. fairly unforgivable for anybody <laughs> but um i think she'd cope quite well with that would i want to um you know explode snot <laughs> yeah probably not i would think and but, be working oh, back at the dental surgery yeah. 
I want to be yeah, that as well. It's young, it's young Rachel, right? Isn't it? Yeah, it's young Rachel. Ah, so the young Rachel not. probably wouldn't have had that confidence to just say, "Oh well, she just said something about suction," and then Valerie had gone, "Oh yeah, hilarious." She probably snotted <laughs> back on me. No, I don't think I'd have been able to do that then, because um, I was um, I was twenty, and still. But then, in this scenario, maybe you're this twenty-year-old with all of the with all of your now wisdom and confidence oh, well, to be able on. to make that's the, world. the dream isn't it yeah it but, is the dream i don't i couldn't go I back guess. to being a dental nurse it was such a terrible terrible fit for me no disrespect i think dental nurses do an amazing amazing job and never again do i want to be one of them so this is yeah. like an easy no especially as valerie landsberg is already in my actual real life yes that's true oh. i i just want to say though that what in the dream scenario what you would do is you would do like a little tap dance and she'd go, oh my God, you're really talented. And then you'd go, oh, I actually, I am, yes. And, do that <laughs> and then she would take you on tour with her or something, wouldn't you? That's, but, but then no. well, maybe oh. also at the end of the appointment, you could hand over her bill and you could say, because dentistry costs. <laughs> Very good, And right here you. is where you start paying. Yeah, was, <laughs> I can't <laughs> deny that was excellent. Yes, thank you, was, thank you. I'm yeah. very happy with that. Worth all the I other mean, stuff to get through to that. Sorry, I was going to say, what probably would have happened is what happened in every episode of Fame was at some point, instead of having a conversation, someone makes an excuse for you to meet them in a room in the school and then they sing a song about what they could have just told you in one sentence. Yes. You know, that was the only thing that I recently started re-watching it. Like, I just, I don't know if you know, there's been a pandemic and we had a lot of time on our hands. And I started re-watching it. You can find pretty much all of them on YouTube. And I couldn't get over the fact that, you know, people would have an argument about something, you know, yeah. fairly trivial. And then there'd be like, oh, you know, Mr. Shirovsky says, can you meet him in the piano <laughs> practice room at three? And they'd go in, but it would in fact be like, let's say, Doris Bruno. or Br uh, Bruno would be on the piano, Doris would be yeah. there. And then she'd be like, yeah. I'm sorry, I upset you. You, <laughs> could, you could take, right, said. I've got it, I've got it. You could say uh, <laughs> Uh, Valerie, please, could we meet in the hygienist's room in five minutes? And then you could go in and you go, you need braces. <laughs> it would be like that. And I, I did think to myself, if someone had really annoyed me and they sang, tried to sing their apology, I'd probably want to punch them. I think that would be quite angry. about them, right? That's not about yeah. you. That's about them. You and know, then you would have to harmonise with them. That was always oh. the really stressful thing in fame. You'd have to listen to you know, half of One their self-indulgent drivel yeah. mm -hmm. and then you'd have to harmonise with them and their apology. <laughs> and then somehow magically know the moves to the dance they've made up about it yeah. as well. It's just, no. Okay, let's move on. I mean, this is so fun. I could stay here all day, but we've got time limit and we're <laughs> only halfway through. So let's move on. Are we only? Some of them just keep going. That's all I'm going to say. Let's keep moving. Door number four. We are Minute. halfway through. We're halfway through and you've got three more possibilities. So you're going to have to choose one at some point, but it doesn't have to be yet. Okay. In Behind door number four, you're in the movie When Harry Met Sally. And you're Sally, obviously, gorgeous, okay. blonde, smart, sassy Sally. And there's this guy you're clearly meant to be with and everyone else can see it, but not you. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Tell me Was more. 
just for the okay. film. I thought you were going to carry on then. You had like a no, no. Coming. Tell me why this is. Tell me why this is familiar, and you are smiling, grinning from ear to ear, Rachel. Ah, so my husband Mark and I, we actually went to the same primary school. That's how long we've known each other. Oh. Um, although he wasn't in my year, and also we didn't get together then because that would have been really weird. Mm-hmm. And I also <laughs> made loads of money by selling my story to really crap magazines but um yeah but we were in the same group of friends like his sisters are closer to me in age especially his younger sister and we've always had like similar friends and then Mark and I sort of ended up in the same big crowd of friends growing up and um we were super close and our friends started to call us Harry and Sally and make fun of us and always say oh you're gonna end up together I can honestly tell you that there was never even like a glimmer of that like we dated each other's friends we're just like good mates and you know, used to talk about whatever's going on with our boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever, very open and chat about, we could talk about anything. And, um, but everyone kept saying, oh, Harry and Sally. And it became like really quite oh. annoying. <laughs> then when yeah. I came back from my um, gap year studying abroad, um, all I can tell you is for reasons I can't fathom, um, maybe it's the, your heart, uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder thing. Things were different. There was a different vibe, a different atmosphere. I guess we'd missed each other. And over the course of a period of a few months, we decided that maybe we should give this an actual go dating. Um, oh. I took quite a lot of convincing, by the way, of this because I kept thinking, you know, like you, you can't just mess about with your best mates. Like either yes. it has to go somewhere or they're not your friends anymore. Like, and yeah. I didn't know if I was really ready for something that was going to go somewhere. Um, but also I didn't really want to lose a friend. And then he did say at some point, uh, listen, there's always the possibility, you know, that 50-50 chance that this works out. So why don't, we just, <laughs> yeah. why don't we just try? But we were so worried about all the pressure from the Harry Sally crew that we decided <laughs> not to tell them that we were going to start dating each other as opposed to just hanging out all the time. And um, we didn't want our parents. Our parents obviously knew each other from the same area. So we didn't want like anyone mm. kind of getting involved and giving opinions yeah. we just wanted to see what happened and then we could let it sort of die a little death if it was problematic and mm. no one would know uh, no one would be any the wiser but because of that our friends just saw us sort of going out like we would normally go out we'd go out for dinner or we'd go out I say dinner like as if we were sitting down <laughs> yeah. with napkins yeah, yeah. For pizza or burgers or whatever um or we go to the cinema you know the normal things and so they would just come along so <laughs> it was actually weeks before we ever had a date, just the two of us, because um, his housemates or my friends or whoever would say, oh, what are you doing tomorrow night? And I'd be like, oh, just me and Mark are going to the cinema. And they'd be like, oh, brilliant. What are you going to see? What time? And they would just come <laughs> with us. So our first, I don't even know how many dates were team we efforts <laughs> where nothing happened. Chaperones. And yeah, did absolutely. And a few times they were like, oh, I'll drop you off. In the dark or, you know, was there any sort of like, was there like, I'm imagining a bit of frisson if you were like holding hands in the dark. Couldn't do or it. Nothing. No, oh. couldn't do it. There were too many people about or people yeah. who would pay attention and they would notice. But also they'd be like, oh, um, Rach, uh, you've got your car here. I'll drop Mark home and things like that. So we couldn't even get like, because unless we were going to start explaining everything, then you know, it wasn't going to happen. So it and was also, there's no mobile phones, right? So you couldn't no. run interference. Yeah. You'd have to phone each other on the on the main flat phone and go, listen, right. everyone's, everyone's following us. Can we, how yeah. do we get out of this? Well, here's yeah. an emergency text. I'll meet you in the toilets yeah. in five minutes. It's like <laughs> yeah. glamorous like that. Nothing. Yeah. In fact, if I wanted to phone him with any privacy, because I've got lots of siblings and parents, 
not lots of parents, just the usual amount. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'd have to go down to the, the phone box on the green near where mm. I lived to, to call him. Or, yeah, he had flatmates who were all, you know, also friends in our social circle. So it was super awkward. And eventually what we did was we planned a secret day out in Brighton so that we'd get on a train out of London and go far away. And we oh. still didn't even, like, go near each other until we got to Brighton, just in case someone we knew was on the train. <laughs> so, yeah, that was our... Oh, this our, is so romantic. Like, this is a movie yeah. in itself. It's gorgeous. Well, I mean, I'm sending you into that scenario of being okay. in the movie... Um, Harry Met Sally and Harry Met Sally, but I'm swapping out your Harry for a different Harry. No. It's not Billy Crystal. It's not Mark. It's actually... Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> it's Jeremy Clarkson. Oh, oh God forbid. <laughs> no, close the door, close the door, close the door. <laughs> Brilliant. I love it when it's, when it's easy. I love it when it's easy. Yeah. We don't have need to explain are, that. Yeah, we oh. are coming through to door number five, the penultimate door. So penultimate. how are you feeling points. about Adamant and Big Brother right now? I'm feeling like that was possibly a missed opportunity, but I feel like, I think currently I feel like I made the right choice, but it does depend on what comes next. Yeah. Mm. Door number five. So it's every comedian's dream. You're at a gig. You're at that is my dream, but seriously, gig. the last 20 months, that's <laughs> yes. every yeah, comedian's exactly. dream. You're at a gig. Doesn't matter where, doesn't matter for who. There could be no one in the audience, but you're there. But luck, well, you're not on stage, mate. Oh. You're in the audience. Oh. There are several hundred people in the audience. They're all there to see their entertainment hero. The star of the show steps on the stage and says... My warm-up act is stuck in traffic and they can't get in here in time. But I think Rachel Krieger's in the audience. <laughs> Rachel, could you just pop up and do me uh, 20? I mean, it's... Yes, a, I can. Yes, I can. That's clear <laughs> at this point. It, yeah, no it's all of our dreams. It's, it's been happening quite I a should lot. Say, I should say that... that... <laughs> <laughs> this has happened hasn't happened to Louise, but Louise, when she went to see Daniel Kitson, took her makeup in her bag just in case. Uh, <laughs> I don't that. remember, um, I don't know if you remember Pauline, but actually at your gig, Bohee, yes. um, once someone wasn't coming, but we knew in advance and we planned it so that you said, Is there a comedian in the house? That's right. And I sort of ran did. down <laughs> shoving people out of the way <laughs> or whatever onto the stage. Um it's actually I was gigging with Jamie D'Souza last night, who had exactly that happen, Simon Amster support out oh, dropped gosh, out and he no. got to yeah so he's been supporting he was supporting Simon Anstel the other night and Amazing. when and when when Angela Barnes was sick during the pandemic and couldn't do um Mock uh, the Week Mock the, the Week, week yeah. the, the warm-up guy got Brown. to do Mock the Week that and week. I got a great gig on Friday because somebody had a flat tire so Ka-ching. Uh, I'm really um, funny. COVID has been very good for picking up other people's, people's work. Yes, exactly. And the this scenario is better. So this, this is scenario amazing. is better because it's a oh, okay. massive. It's a massive gig with a hopefully a massive superstar. Depending. Let's who, have a look and see who, who it turns is. Up. Oh, I think this is going to be dilemmary because this is Dave Chappelle. No, it's not a dilemma. I'm oh. happy to not support Dave Chappelle. Um, uh, he, <laughs> oh, he wouldn't want me. I'm a bit too female and Jewish for uh, Dave <laughs> Chappelle's taste, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Oh, not unfortunately. that's such a disappointment because it was such a nice scenario. Yeah. 
And he has good audiences who laugh at everything. Um, So you can go, well, I don't know. They laugh at everything. I don't know how discerning they are. Um, So Depends whether they're still laughing, I suppose, given recent events. Indeed. Yeah, recent events. So as I'm too busy, you know, tuning up the space lasers and owning everything, I don't think I would have time to be at his gig. Oh, wow. I'm just quoting his own views. Yeah, I know. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I understand. If viewers don't oh. just Google that. Jewish right, absolutely. And also, like, hey. he hasn't yet said if he was going to offer me money. Like, I mean, for most other people, gig that size, I'd do it for nothing. But yeah, I'm yeah. sure he'd assume I'd expect everything so yeah. yeah I feel very bitter now I say it's just because I watched yeah. it I watched the closer the other day Thank and you. um it was quite horrifying to me not just because of his anti-semitism but his turfness which he oh, wears as a label yeah. of pride and his misogyny and his gen- it was just it was an example of when you could see someone incredibly talented using their powers for bad That's when evil. they could use it for good yeah 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 and not that know. funny I haven't watched that one, but I watched the previous one and found it very. And I, and I took put a picture on Instagram of my knuckle with bite marks in it. Yeah, literal bite marks in it. Just like I'm not comfortable, and mm. I'm not laughing either. Uh, so I, mean, I think all your other scenarios have been so realistic about their snotting oh. on people and being in the Big Brother house <laughs> and everything. And this is the one that is absolutely. I mean, it just it's not a scenario that could take place. But it's it. also, I mean, it, it's to do with the, it's to do with the, the dominatrix has been very, very cruel because she has given you yes. something wonderful and taken it away yeah. in one month. So I, well, that's showbiz. Sorry. That's showbiz. <laughs> Goodbye, Dave. But this means, you, this has never happened before. No. You have to choose. It's never happened. You have to go with the final scenario, good okay. or bad. Fingers crossed. Or of David. Door number six. Crossing the star of David. Fingers, yeah. fingers I mean, if you could David. do that. <laughs> if you do that with your fingers, you probably need to see some kind of occupational therapist. Yeah, that'd be quite cool. Yeah, it looks so. like a vagina when you do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Behind door number six. You are at a big old fancy awards ceremony at a posh hotel. It's a swanky evening and you're presenting an award. It's a Jewish awards ceremony, so the prizes are stuff Aren't like... they all, Pauline? I know. The prizes are for stuff like, I don't know, best honey cake, finest use of chutzpah, that kind of thing. I don't know. I've made this up. I'm a Gentile. Forgive me. Um, uh, what other awards might there be? I don't know. What, what, what would um, you present people oh. with that would be fabulous? Gnadlich, definitely. Gnadlich and Kreplich and Lokshan. Those are all the things you have in soup. Yeah, best chicken soup, I think, would be yeah. the ultimate, yeah. you know, if you were going to have Gosh, an award. Yeah. yeah, That would be it. Well, you step up to present an award and someone takes the microphone away from you and they say, I'm really sorry, Rachel, we've got you here under false pretenses. You are actually here to receive the award for Ultimate Jewish Mother. <gasps> That's exciting. For <laughs> 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 the benefit of the tape, Rachel has the biggest smile on her face. Oh, you know, there's well, a lot of competition. So, <laughs> well, let's see who the person presenting the awards is because to you, because if it's somebody dreadful, what will we do? Oh, 
It's Victoria Wood. Oh, <laughs> the ghost or the real? The, the real, real, because, because this, this is your scenario. She's not dead. Oh, well, I mean, that would be the step towards us becoming best friends, which is what I always imagined was going to occur as soon as we met each other. Um, oh. So I accept the award and Victoria Wood's best friendship. <laughs> And I'm like assuming that she's converted at this point as well, and that she doesn't married. need to. You can still be friends with her. That's well, no, I know, but just to be at this this award ceremony presenting this award, but who cares? Doesn't matter. Cares? It's all about you. Yeah, it's about you. That's it's why they got you your is. hero. How gorgeous! Oh my god! Rachel, oh, you, you got, got away with that and won, didn't you? Uh, well, that's me all along, isn't it? Like that's <laughs> that's just how I roll, and uh, that was a good outcome, actually. Out of all of them, I mean the. Yeah, if you'd have said to me that Tori went to the Big Brother house, that would have been a very painful decision because yes. I'd still probably have to say I'd be chucked out so early when it would be too gutting. So, yeah. 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 No, I think, first of all, I do think it's quite realistic I'd be presented with that award. And uh, I look <laughs> forward to going head to head with Pauline Eyre <laughs> in my show, Ultimate Jewish Mother, in a couple of weeks' time. And we'll see what happens there. I, I um, should I should add I'm I'm representing ultimate Catholic mother in this um, scenario, Excellent. which I think we'll have a lot in common with because yeah, you're going to do an you've ultimate got atheist kill. mother. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, it depends on how many shows get booked and how stuck I am for guests. No, I mean, it's how stuck I am for guests. If she's absolutely desperate, Louise, she might ask you. But she asked me. Come yeah. to Bristol. You come to Bristol. <laughs> no, I would love to, and I would love to come to Bristol, do that show, and have an atheist mother. I think that would be quite an interesting competition. Yes, a great idea between yeah. the two. But uh, yeah, to be honestly, I mean, Victoria Wood could pass me a tissue, and I'd still feel like that was an award. So yes, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So no need to shut that door. Um, no. My cousin had lunch with her many times. Yeah. What that means you've practically wonderful. touched her. Practically, practically best friends. And well, um, does she yes. keep anything that we could use the DNA from? <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to ask. Um, but she was absolutely lovely. Really, really charming. Made you feel like the only person in the room. Oh. And yet, and yet, she was Victoria Wood. Yeah. Victoria Woods, I can't even begin to tell you. I was such a massive fan of hers that like all my friends uh, from growing up knew I was like a mega fan that when she died, I had people messaging me to see if I was okay. Mm. Like I was really, honestly, I was just devastated. The idea that such a genius will not be putting any more of their brilliance into the world was really quite devastating. So, yeah. Yeah. And I have many fantasies in which I meet her and her presenting me with an Ultimate Jewish Mother Award would probably top them all. So thank you cool. for coming up with that. You're oh. welcome. How lovely. So well, let's, let's open matrix. up. Yeah, let's open up door number six and throw you through. Woohoo. Woohoo. Off you go. Um, but before you go through it, where can our listener Pete, who is definitely too old to ride an e-scooter, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> find out more about you you can find out all about me on my website rachelkrieger.com or you can find me on social media at rachelkrieger um, and my podcast Jew Talking to Me is very accessible to anyone of all faiths and none where Philip and I chat to people from across the entertainment industry about their Jewishness uh, their lives growing up it's a chat show it's like Graham Norton meets Mrs Maisel so that's <laughs> kind of how it works yeah so find us on social media with that at Jew Talking without the G Brilliant. Lovely. Well, have a Go lovely time and give <laughs> Victoria Wood a big kiss from us. Yeah. Oh. 
Right, that's enough of that nonsense. Uh, okay. Follow us on the socials at E-Y-R-E-L-E-I-G-H on Twitter, Early Doors on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed yourself, please leave us a review or subscribe or tell a friend. Better still, do all three. Right, I'm off through this door to the 1890s to meet my husband's tiny Jewish great-grandmother and her 13 children. Mrs. Lieberman, hello. <laughs> oh, and I'm going through this door to 1976 to lick David Bowie as he references Kabbalah on Station to Station when he sings, Here we are, one magical movement from Kether to Malkul. Thanks. <laughs> Did I pronounce that right? Keteta Malkut, but yeah. This podcast is brought to you by us. We did all the work. The voiceovers were by John Darvel. Well done here, May. <laughs>